And we're off. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The End with Adam. I'm your host, Adam, and you have found me at The End. And I'm actually here joined with a very special guest, continuous guest. I, I mean, honestly, at this point, Davin, this is... This is a you know you're a, you're a friend of the show friend of the show Davin Baxter is here. What up? <laughs> Yo, what's good, dude? What's Not up? much, man. Just come back from uh, one of the best fucking festivals I've ever been to. I got to see uh, ASAP Rocky, Wu Tang Clan, uh, some Spanish artists that I'm I'm fans of. But yeah, man. Like just seeing Wu Tang Clan live in person, being like. 10 feet away from them was just, ah, <laughs> I was ecstatic. <laughs> Dude, I bet, bro. I mean, that's a, a dream come true. I mean, you, I was living vicariously through you because that's, as you know, my favorite rap group and it's your one of your favorite rap groups. I would say, I mean, it's your favorite, right? You love the clan. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I mean, in terms of rap groups, rap super groups, right. I can't think of another group that could be considered my favorite or even is even like as big as them i mean like nwa sure they're they're definitely up there but i know know what you mean i know what you mean i mean the 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 wu-tang clan just has so many great lyricists and so many just this onslaught of a discography like they just have so many records that fucking hit and um i mean obviously you know they're a a pretty old group at this point you know it's been what like 40 years 30 40 years something like that we're in the 2020s now yeah because i guess they were they were coming out in the, or they they reached their peak in the 90s yeah they reached their peak in there in like the late 90s that was really when they were the most popular when they were on the radio you know yeah because uh triumph came out in 98 right or yes the, uh, that one project yeah it did that project and yeah. that was a later, that was a much later project. I'm pretty sure 36 Chambers, tell me if I'm wrong, look this up if you're near a computer. Yeah. 36 Chambers came out 92. Am I wrong? Uh, 93. Wait, actually, recording sessions took place during late 92 to early 93. And so, yeah, I yeah. guess it was released late. Yeah, November 9th, 93 was the release date. So. Yeah, so 92, 93. Yeah, so that was from 93, and then you go five years later, they're doing Triumph, which was, you know, that was when they were already way on top and had, you know, major records, and all of them had their own solo albums, and, you know, they were just, exactly, they're a super group, like you said, but, um, I I mean, let's let's talk about the fucking festival, man, walk me through it, so, who did you see first? Uh, The first group that I saw was they're not like rap related or even like Latin at all. They're actually this Belarusian electronic group called Molchat Dama. And um, I mean, if anybody has like a TikTok account, they've probably heard or came across one of their songs. There's one particular song. I mean, all their song titles are in like fucking Russian, so I'm not going to be able to recite it. But there's this one specific song. It makes me feel like I'm watching Scooby-Doo. It's just got this like synth going on in the background. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and I can just imagine like Scooby and the gang just like hauling ass, running away from some fucking like ghoul or goblin or something. <laughs> but uh, That's funny. Uh, they were absolutely amazing. It's it's very much like a uh, '80s retro synth kind of pop band sort of deal. I'm not really sure how to describe them, but they they, they were phenomenal. Uh, so I saw them first. Then we went, uh, walked around the grounds a bit, 
got a couple of drinks, and then we went to go see, uh, I think, I think it was this Latin artist called Natty Peluso, who both me and my girl are huge fans of. A lot of my friends out here love her too. She did this freestyle on, um, on this YouTuber's channel a while back that still just absolutely fucking slaps. Uh, she bodied that shit. And so... <clears throat> These were the artists you were talking about uh, last time, the people you said you were going to see. So you went to yeah. go last time you were on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so so that cool. pretty dope. I was, she was a bit like underwhelming kind of just because when she was up there, she wasn't like rapping or anything. She was she, she did a lot of singing. She was singing a lot of like kind of salsa, cumbia, bachata songs. Hmm. Um, so it was a very different kind of act and uh, performance that I was expecting. I, I always saw her as a rapper. Right, right. That's um, interesting, like, that she's multifaceted like that. Yeah, she's a very talented person. She actually came up onto the an, another person's act, uh, who we ended up seeing later. So she finished her shit and then got onto another song uh, with another act that was on a completely different stage later that uh, that evening. True. Yeah, she, like, changed her outfit and everything. She got into, like, this real sexy, like, blue dress. She looked oh. great. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So... After her, we saw this other girl called Nikki Nicole, who... A lot of females. I, yeah, a lot of females. Now there's anything wrong with that. It's just interesting. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, get, I can't think of too many female musicians that aren't like <coughs> Sade that I listen to. Yeah. I don't know but why these, that is. These are all like really young artists who are coming out. Uh, I think Nikki Nicole, she's probably like 21, maybe 23 or something. Uh, she was great. She was probably one of the most talented people up there that I saw throughout that whole festival. Her outfit wow. was fucking killer. She looked like she looked like she was born to be a fucking pop star. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, she had amazing stage presence. She actually invited two of the two random people from the audience to come up and dance to one of her songs, which I thought was really dope. That's uh, dope. Yeah, that's sick, man. Yeah, so, so she was, like integrating the audience with her performance too. So that's you know. Her, her personality was really projected through through uh, the, the stage, I guess, or her performance, rather. How did you hear about these artists? Because, I mean, maybe my listeners in, in the States, like, have heard of these, you know, these guys. But yeah. I feel like this is more like world music. Like, I'd never heard of any of these artists until you brought them up. Like, how did you come across them? Uh, Natty Peluso came across her from this YouTube channel that me and my friends follow. He's like this producer mm -hmm. that invites a lot of like artists to come onto his platform he'll basically put on a beat and they just freestyle right uh, so like natty peluso had a song on there that hit i don't even know how many millions of views it's at now but it was it fucking just shot through the charts uh, snow the product another female rapper was was also at the festival she mm -hmm. was also on this uh youtube channel i heard that song before and i'd seen her name come up on a few other like uh as like a feature on some other songs I right. Can't tell you which are which they are right now, but I've seen her name like come across, and uh, I don't know. Like, just know the product. She's from the north of Mexico, I think. From like, oh yeah, from Michoacan, but mm. like she raps in both English and Spanish, so she might have more of like a presence in the states as well. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I personally, I didn't really like her as a performer. She just stayed in one spot, was standing there the entire time. True. Had really sunglasses on and like really long hair. I was like, you couldn't even really see her. Yeah. She just and didn't like, have good stage presence. Yeah, not at all. Like in, in comparison to the, to the other acts that I saw, at least, like, nah. <laughs> not at all. 
I think you know what? I think I might go to movement to be real with you. Uh, movement in Detroit is <clears throat> I've been hearing about concerts recently. Like it's not just you, but it's like a couple other people. Um, I got, I haven't been to a concert in like six years. Yeah, you know it's fucking crazy. I mean, maybe one or two have snuck in there, and I've just forgotten. I've seen a ton of live music, but not like a dedicated concert in a while. But um, I mean, when, when was the last time since the, since this concert? When was the last one you'd went to or like festival really? Shit. Uh, I couldn't even tell you, to be honest, as sometime pre COVID. And even then, like it was probably a stretch because I never really made it. That's not really something I do, like go to festivals or like even to concerts and stuff. It's just not really something that I could afford to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I never really I, I didn't really make much of an effort to do it. Uh, and even like Wu-Tang Clan, like I wouldn't have been able to go see this show if it wasn't for my girl, like copping the tickets for like for my birthday, really. True, true. So, okay. So you saw, uh, Snowda product and then who, and then when did you start seeing like people that I would recognize? Like who's the first, um, American artist? Yeah. Like the only two American artists that were there were Wu-Tang and ASAP. Oh, for real. As far as I'm aware, because like the other acts were like really small names. Like this is one guy called like Robot 23 or something. Uh huh. I had never heard of him before. He's like a DJ. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I like. I wasn't particularly excited about seeing DJs. Like I don't. I don't really fuck with them. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, Wu Tang didn't come on until like 11 p.m. and then ASAP was from like 12. Yeah, like 12 to one, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. 12 to one. And then this other group called Channel Channel Tres, who was also like an American artist. Um, they came on as like they were like the after after show kind of from like two to three. Channel uh, Trace? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've yeah, yeah. Like you've seen their name like pop up or um but I couldn't really tell you what kind of music it is. It's it's kind of experimental house funk in a way they have like a dance act in the back as well so you got like a couple of guys out there dancing yeah, along it's uh, it's definitely like um like, the guys are from the, the, the lead singers from compton yeah and no, it's a california thing yeah it's yeah. a cool little uh collective I, I like channel trace i just don't listen to them enough because i listen to drill rap and soundcloud lean music so yeah. i don't really get the chance to <laughs> to hear any of the new guys coming out right now yeah, but they're pretty cool. They like uh, the audience liked them. Yeah, no, I, I would have probably loved to see. I would see if Channel Trace was in Detroit, I would go see him. That'd probably be a cool crowd. That'd probably be a cool venue. You yeah. know, I want to keep the lookout. That's kind of why Twitter rocks because you can just follow all the people you fuck with and see when they're coming to your city. You know, um, yeah. I might get a Twitter just for that because it's just too much to keep track of. Like, you know, I'm always like, oh man, I want to see these guys and these guys. Like, I should check when their dates are because people are always on tour and people do stop through Detroit or at least Royal Oak. Um, so I was like, I got to just keep track of my favorite artists and, you know, try to see them when they come out here. Uh, yeah. So I got to just get a Twitter and just follow all of them just to keep their tra- track their tour dates, you know, so I can yeah. actually commit because I just forget that shit. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like even Instagram isn't that good for. For keeping track of that kind of stuff it isn't like they they'll post it one time and then you just can't you know like if you saw it you saw it if you didn't you don't know and it's just like i think with twitter they spam it more a little bit and like they'll like post like 
more stuff about tours. I hope. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I got to turn my fucking phone off. Um, anyways. Uh, so, okay. So that's strange that only ASAP and the Wu-Tang Clan, what was the name of this festival? Uh, La Ceremonia. La Ceremonia. That's sick. Yeah. How many hype beasts were there? How many kids wearing off-white were there? I saw a handful, but not too many. I, I was surprised there were a lot of people that were just like copying uh, like Wu-Tang merch and the, like, right. the, little, the little stands outside of the venue. Uh, so most people were rocking that shit or rocking some kind of like you know, colors to to show that they were here to see Wu Tang. Like a lot of people were in yellow, a lot of people were in black, or a combination of the two. Um, right. Which yeah, was 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 really cool. I was surprised by how many people were were fans of Wu Tang Clan. But then I remembered, I was like, well, I mean, this is like a fucking. <laughs> they were traveling the globe like long before. Uh, yeah. You know, I was even speaking proper English. Right. So, yeah. No, they've they've definitely treaded. You know the grounds of being major label artists that like people come out to see all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, I I don't know. I I guess at this point they would be a band. I would definitely a band rap group. I would definitely go see. Uh, But I'm trying to think of another rapper that I would actually pay money to go see. Uh, Besides like, honestly, besides the Wu-Tang clan off the top. Oh, Kanye. I'd see, I'd pay money to see Kanye. Yeah. Um, That's about it to be real with you. I would not pay money to see Jay Z. I would not pay money to see Nas. I would not pay like I just don't care enough, you know. Like I, they're great, but mm-hmm. I just I don't want to see them live. But um, I would definitely probably also too. I'd probably want to see Busta Rhymes live. I heard he's really good live. Yeah, it could be, could be. Like there's I mean, a few of those older artists that are just so, like world class acts, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'd say like honestly, after seeing ASAP Rocky, I'd. I'd definitely want to go out and see more just like rap shows in general just like whoever you know um because i was kind of taken aback by how good asap was like as a performer and how well he uh, integrated himself with like the audience despite the fact that like no one really understood what the fuck he was saying in the first place because <laughs> most people in the crowd like weren't native english speakers right uh, and there were a few moments that were actually really funny like he had tried to uh crowd surf yeah and he was trying to like he was you know, announcing to the crowd is like, yo, I'm going to try and crowd surf. I'm going to try and crowd surf. And um, I guess people didn't really catch on to what he was going to do because when he dived in the crowd, there were only like maybe three or four people there to like support him. <laughs> That's funny as shit. I tanked it and uh, got back on stage and he was like, yo, what the fuck happened? Like, yeah, I was supposed to catch me. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so fucking funny. It was great. Uh, but he had also, he had moshed on a couple of occasions with, uh, with the people that were just like jumping up and down, like really intensely and stuff. So he got in there and he wasn't afraid to, to integrate himself with the crowd whatsoever. I thought that shit was really cool, man. I mean, also like when he played Peso and after we were shouting for maybe 10 minutes, just like, Peso, Peso, Peso. He listened to us and he told the DJ, yo, play, play, play Peso. Play that shit. Yo, fucking Peso. That's uh, I'd be that pretty motherfucker. Yeah. Y'all want to hear that shit? Y'all want to hear that shit? The old ASAP? We were like, fuck yeah. Yo, for <laughs> real. It was that great. Song, that song still just claps. Like, yo, listen to that song at about 6 p.m. driving like 75 miles an hour on a highway and the sun's about to set and you got like 
you know, maybe 400 milligrams of THC in you. Yeah. That's the move. Exactly. But I think what it was, I mean, that moment in particular made me realize how different it is hearing some of your favorite songs in a live setting. It's one thing to just like blast it even through like good speakers uh, that you might have like in, in your bedroom or whatever, or even like car speakers with the bass booming and stuff. But hearing Peso and some of the other songs that I really like from ASAP from his pretty, you know, massive discography at this point, uh, it was just a whole different experience. And that kind of led me to the thought that like, wow, I mean, imagine what all these other songs that I listen to, um, you know, somewhat or like a regular basis, what they would be like live. Right. Like, well, I think at this point, like Travis, I'd love to see him live just to hear, you know, fucking Oh My Disside or whatever, you know, like some of his older songs that right. I really would just be phenomenal. I, I can't even imagine it. No, you're right. I think Travis, if he wasn't the murderer, would be a cool fucking thing to see live. I also think uh, I was thinking just now, some of those older acts that like we thought were like one-offs, if there was like a festival that had like MOP and they just, just to go see Annie up live, like that would be mm-hmm. fucking amazing, right? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. That would be a transcendent experience. I would literally leave my body. If I got to hear Anti Up by M.O.P. Listeners, if you have not heard Anti Up by M.O.P., I want you to pause this fucking stupid ass podcast and go and listen to Anti Up by M.O.P. And then I want you to punch the drywall next to you as hard as you can. You will go through it like butter. But... uh, yeah, man, there's a couple of acts. You're right. Now that I think about it, like just hearing it on a on a live setting may unlock a certain experience that I've probably never felt before because I've never been to a rap show, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'd love to go see like Lil Uzi Vert, for example. Man, I'd even I'd even fucking pay to go see Migos after seeing ASAP. I'd be just like, dude, there are so many songs that I've heard like at, at parties that I'm just I want to hear that in a live setting. Like I don't even think it would be that amazing of like a show. But just hearing those songs, those classic bangers that you kind of like grew up hearing in, in, in some kind of capacity, are they marked like specific moments in your life? Just yeah. hearing that in a completely different setting would be very refreshing. Like Bad and Bougie reminds me of a very specific yeah. time in my life. Um, there's a couple of Quavo tracks that remind me of a very specific time in New Orleans, um, specifically. Yeah, um, you know, Kodak. Uh, uh, yo, if I ever heard Hollywood by Kodak Black live, <laughs> I can't be responsible for what I do, to be real. Exactly. exactly. No, man, I, I lost my fucking mind when I saw Wu Tang. I mean, for anybody that was following me on Instagram, like, I, that was the, like, the majority of the posts. And I never share shit, like, on my stories or anything. I rarely post things. But, like, I was just, like, one fucking song after another after another because they were just fucking classics that they were playing back and forth. Um, I was surprised that they didn't play uh, "Bring the Ruckus," and for real, yeah. But the mystery of chess boxing and ah, uh, fuck, hold up, somebody's knocking on the door. Yep. All right. Well, while Davin gets that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have a great challenge for all of you. I'd like to get some emails about everybody's favorite rap songs, and then I'm going to review them and talk about them on the next episode. Send me at adamelbari at gmail.com. 
Uh, rap songs, and I'll tell you if you got a good taste. I'll tell you if you got a bad taste, because I'm an expert on that. So send me that, and I'll be on the next episode. But I think Davin's coming back. Davin? Yeah, probably All right, I think he's still talking to fucking somebody else over there. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're still working things out. Davin does live in Mexico. Things happen in Mexico. You know, people come indoors, and he's got to talk to them. Things like that happen in Mexico, so he's got to handle it, you know? It's not like here. You know, here you can close the door, and people don't just come in, come in your room, but you know, like that over there. So you just got to that. But uh, he'll, 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 he'll join us again briefly. Um, I think at the end of the day, guys, what's so great about making a podcast like this is that everything's real you know we're not fucking actors i'm not some fucking guy with a, a youtube channel this is this is this is real fucking life guys this is right, here it is davin um where, where where did we leave off at you were talking about uh the concert wu-tang clan concert oh my god yeah so they fucking first there's a there's a lot of things i'd just like to to talk about with that with that specific show so um, we were already there, like at the stage. Uh, we couldn't get closer um, with the previous act that was there. It was this band called Satanagana. And like the lead singer is actually this rapper from Spain. And I guess has been like working with, I don't know, just a couple of different artists, musicians rather. And they started their own band and they just called it Satanagana. And um, yeah, that was really cool. And then Wu-Tang Clan was going to be the following act on the same stage. So once their act had finished, a shitload of people had like cleared uh the way like they had left and wanted to go to another stage and i'm just like you i cannot believe that all these people are leaving and don't want to see wu-tang clan but then again you know a, a, a lot of people left and it just cleared the way for me to get closer and closer to the main to, to the actual yeah, stage yeah. and i was like yeah i mean fuck it <laughs> if y'all don't want to listen to the, or watch this show then that's your problem <laughs> for real though the, yo more room for me i don't go yeah, more room for me. exactly so we got super close to the stage maybe um I guess there might have been, if, if in terms of number, uh, there were like number of people sitting in a straight line in front of us, like between the space of the stage and between where, where we were standing, then there may be like eight people in front of us. Like we were pretty much right there, you know? Wow. Good uh, so we were, Yeah, we were waiting there for maybe about 20 minutes before the show to start. And this uh, this kid who was standing behind me came up to me and he was like, hey, uh, do you know who's coming on next? And I was like, yeah, Wu-Tang Clan. Like, <laughs> uh, did you like, uh, did you just get here or something? Because uh, he was asking me like a lot of other questions. I don't remember what mm-hmm. exactly, but he just sounded like a person who had just gotten to the festival and oh. was kind of confused about like what's going on, like where the all the different stages and stuff. Right. Uh, so basically, like we got into the conversation about Wu Tang, and he had told me that like he had never heard of them. Uh, he had never heard like even a single song from them before. Whoa. And I was just like this seventeen-year-old kid who basically like snuck into the festival in the first place. Like he didn't even like pay for the tickets or anything. He lived right next to where the festival was being held. Yeah. Uh, he heard Tangana, the previous act before Wu-Tang Clan, and that was apparently his favorite band. So he uh, left his house, climbed a tree, hopped over the wall to get inside the festival grounds, and then hauled ass all the way to uh, to where Tangana was playing, caught like the last 20 minutes of the show, and then like found us, basically, me, uh, me and my girl. So he's asking me questions about Wu-Tang, and I'm just sitting here like, dude, I just, I'm so fucking jealous. Like, I cannot believe you've never heard of Wu-Tang Clan before. I've never heard one of their songs. 
and you're about to hear them live, live. for the first, like ever. You know, like this is your this is your introduction into this uh, one of the most famous uh, hip hop uh, rap super groups of all time. And yeah, I was just like, man, the, the the shit I would do to have like experience that you're about to have right now. <laughs> At 17, yeah, his whole life probably changed. That's fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah man, like, it's it's just, uh, it's a really special thing, man, going to concerts and festivals and seeing the artists that you've always listened to, like, do their live performance. I mean, you know, I've talked on this podcast about, like, Warp Tour and stuff before, but that that really was, like, a really interesting experience to have as young kids like we saw a lot of bands and a lot of acts you know and uh it was just cool to be around live music like that's something i've learned about myself i i, I enjoy seeing that on a regular basis you know i'd say more than most people yeah definitely i mean geez it's, it's hard to describe i mean not just seeing the act itself but also being about being around a bunch of random people who are are just as much as fans of this particular artist as you are and you know like just, i don't know man just like jumping up and down uh reciting lyrics with a bunch of random people like looking at each other and just like your faces are just so fucking ecstatic and uh astonished the just surprised at the fact that you're watching this people live in person and yeah all the fun it's just so much fun it is really fun it is a really special thing man like i'll never forget uh the time that uh we all went to what was that it wasn't it wasn't warp tour it was Ma major laser was headlining what was mad decent do you remember mad decent's block party no i'm not sure if i was if i was there for that trip oh man i i okay so this had to have been no, you weren't there, but this was still pretty early. This was like, I want to say our senior year summer or something like that, mm. or junior year summer. It was we were still in high school, but it was late high school, and uh, everybody. So for some reason, it just became popular to go to this. Uh, it's like electronic music. There was a couple rappers. There was a lot of DJ sets at uh, and Mad Decent was the or not Mad Decent. Um, Major Laser was the headliner, who was a DJ at that time. I don't know what he's doing now. I'm sure he's probably still making music, but. Uh, at the time, he was really big. This had to have been 2015. No, no, way before that. 20, 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah. Um, and the first time that we went, everybody just got completely fucking plastered. Like, Molly yeah. was flying all over the place. People were just fucking drinking. And I'm, I'll never forget, like, I remember um, people were so frenzied to get alcohol over the or in, into uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion that there was just like this like mob of people like on uh, by the fences where people were throwing over like the uh, those remember those plastic liquor bottles called Burnett's they I were throwing <laughs> they're throwing bags like a uh, drawstring bags of Burnett's over the fence like there were people on the other side and the kids would catch them and there was a bunch of like you know we were like 17 16 year old kids just trying to catch these fucking uh, drawstring bags then we went back into these like so you know how there's the amphitheater in uh Meriwether, then there's that big ass lawn and then there's just like a bunch of other shit like you know scattered about and then there's like the bathrooms I remember like the bathrooms became like this like meeting place that people kept going back and forth to where like 
you would go to the amphitheater, be like in the mosh pit in the crowd. Then you'd go back up to the lawn to just catch your breath. And then you'd like slither over to like the fucking like outside of the bathrooms where everybody was just like people were just dying from like overdoses and, and throwing up. And then eventually you became one of the people who was like throwing up and dying from an overdose. Like you just it was like a line like you were eventually like each time you went, you were further to the people who were. Yeah, each time you blink, you're just like more and more fucked up. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, man. But I remember uh, the DJ sets were surprisingly good. Major Laser was surprisingly really good, and um, oh, yeah, for sure, it was uh, it was a great time. And I just remember that was the one time where every single high school, every person was just commingling and talking. Nobody was being like weird and clicky. It was just this bizarre time where everyone just kind of dropped their guard and was just being friends. It was it was really cool, man. It was it was mm. a interesting experience. But then that never happened again. Everybody went right back to being their normal selves like a week later. But yeah. it was just it was just interesting. <laughs> Fuck man. And it was like hundreds of kids. I'm surprised nothing happened. Nobody got arrested and like nobody got into a fight. It was very strange. It was like our own personal Howard County like Woodstock. For, for for real just that was like summer of love shit <laughs> um, uh, but yeah we were so lucky to live in Meriwether Post Pavilion ladies and gentlemen if you don't know Meriwether Post Pavilion is look it up it's one of the best concert venues on the east coast it was in uh, Columbia Maryland Animal Collective named their first debut album off of it and you all listen to Animal Collective because you're all hipsters so stop it Anyways, Devin. Yeah, there were a few fights that broke out during Wu Tang's show, but I'm pretty sure it was just over some petty shit, like a couple of toes getting stepped on too much, and you know, it looked like it was just a bunch of kids, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. Uh, ASAP show was mostly just the entire crowd just jumping up and down. Like, oh man, I was we were packed in there like fucking <laughs> sardines too, man. It was like you couldn't move at all. You just had to go wherever the crowd was sort of like pushing you to go. Um, So ASAP definitely received, he was well received by Mexico overall. Wow. I mean, I'm surprised that, I mean, I can believe that he's probably good live, but I'm surprised by how strong the review that you're giving me is about ASAP. Like I I really got to look at this guy differently because I mean, that's that's what matters if you're good live, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, I was I was really impressed. But then again, you know, I'm not a show fanatic. Like, I don't go to every single show I haven't seen, every act that's out there. So I don't really have anything to compare it to. All I can say is, like, in the moment, it it, it just felt wonderful. Like, it was really, really, really cool. And just being surrounded by people who really fucked with him on a whole other level. Because, I mean... I was certainly jumping up and down whenever like Wu Tang was up there, and I was reciting every single fucking lyric that I possibly could. Um, but it just it kind of felt like, in a lot of ways, it was just me. Um, uh, most yeah, I feel like probably most people that were out there probably couldn't recite every single uh, method man lyric or Ghostface, you know, verse. Of course, of course. This is just a little bit. <laughs> Dude, it took us years to decipher. Yeah, to decipher like what these fucking guys were saying and i'm telling you to this fucking day i don't know what the fuck they're i mean i understand certain parts of it but that opening skit in seventh chamber there's whole parts <laughs> of it that i still to this day do not understand 
Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I can recite it perfectly. I know the words that they say. I actually like can focus in on the words, but I don't know like they don't mean anything to me, you know. There's this like they have this weird slang that's very strange to me. It's just ancient tomes and scriptures. It's it's literally like that. It's like this other language. It's it's yeah. so crazy how they talk, man. And um, if you're a fucking foreigner, you're totally lost. I mean, come on. Yeah, my Is girl was telling me that there was a lot of people, I guess, that were looking at me uh, and were just like, yo, what the fuck with this guy? He knows like all the lyrics. This is crazy. Did <laughs> they play Seventh Chamber, by the way? I don't think that they did. Uh, yeah, they played, was it Fourth Chamber? Fourth uh, Chamber, yeah. Yeah, they played Fourth Chamber. The one where like Ghostface comes in and he's like, uh, yeah, this is one of the verses that I do not have memorized. But, why is the sky blue? Why is water yeah, wet? Why did you just rent the room as well? Jesus slept. Yeah. What? What? Why is the sky blue, Davin? Why is water wet? Yeah, he just asked questions that like we don't really have the answers for. If you really think about it, <laughs> bro. That's like, the name of this episode. Explanation, but it's like that's not really what he's asking, you know? Yeah, that's the name of this episode. Why is water wet? Uh. Wow, man. I mean, yeah, that 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 song, his yeah, that opening verse is so slept on because I never think of it too. When I think of my favorite Ghostface verses, it never pops up. But then I'll surprise myself when I turn it on. I'll listen to it. I'll be like, "Yo, this shit is fucking." He yeah. just killed the entire rap game with that. <laughs> Honestly, they played a uh, Method Man. That was a fucking banger, man. That like. That was one of the songs that I felt like most people could recognize immediately, at least. And Method, like, as a performer, he he pretty much, like, stole the show at that point. He went absolutely fucking crazy. And they also had this, um, I, I'm, you know, the man has a name, and I feel really bad that I don't know it, but, like, because he's probably been, like, writing with Wu-Tang Clan for a while, but he's basically, like, ODB's impersonator. Yeah, uh, you told me about this, yeah. Yeah, so they got this guy who looks a lot like him, and... He's basically memorized all of like ODB's verses and tried to impersonate him like as a performing act. And so like when he gets on there, he's it's basically like watching ODB on stage and it's cool because it's an actual person and it's right. not like a fucking hologram or some other like stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just some guy up there like going fucking crazy. And uh he did an amazing job. And like an unforgettable for per performance, at least for me, like uh, when they did um, the mystery of chess boxing, right? Yeah, because he has like the longest verse on that track, and then right yeah. after that, Ghostface comes in, and it was so fucking cool because like you know ODB, like he kind of like he he bring he formally introduces Ghostface as like <laughs> a, a verse on that fucking song. He's like introducing the Ghostface killer. Yeah. <laughs> And so when he did that, right, like they cut all the fucking music and then Ghostface comes on and then does his entire verse like acapella. And yeah, I mean, the crowd went fucking nuts. Like everybody thought that was super fucking impressive. It was dope, man. I mean, that's fucking I, sick. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> I'm, yo, I, I'm so jealous again. I mean, dude, you fucking got to see the Wu-Tang Clan. Like that's just such a, a moment that I want to have so badly. Yeah, I'll get my chance. But no, I was just uh, also thinking too. Um, back to fourth chamber. Remember when? Remember when Ghostface goes like, he like Paul. He goes like, "Yo, whole platoon is filled with rap goons." <laughs> Shh, 
he was not kidding. They're all rap goons. They're all so good. They're all better than every rapper alive today. Each, <laughs> even the bad ones, even like Capadonna, he's still better than everybody. They yeah. didn't have bad bars back then. That's the thing. They didn't. We put up with such so many lazy bars to, the, to today. Even in music that's supposed to be kind of laid back and not as like lyrical, it mm-hmm. can still have like punchy bars or interesting hooks. But like we put up with so much. Even think about Drake, how many just throwaway lines he has, or how many half finished thoughts I mean, he has. Dude, like I mean, that's one way, one definitely a uh, point of view that's very valid. But also, like when I think of what most people nowadays to consider to be the true lyricists of our quote unquote generation, like they throw in Kendrick, J. Cole, right. uh, Drake by far and large is still considered like a lyricist, despite the fact that like most of his songs are written by other people. Right. Um, who else? Uh, there's got to be a few other guys that are up there that are just like when most people like the general rap fan base think of lyricists there, there's a few other names that are going to be out there but um, I guess like those three right you could say you could argue it even their fucking shit does not compare to you know the peak of like Wu-Tang's discography just because their fucking lexicon it was, it was like listening to webster be a fucking rapper you know what i mean if, right, right if webster himself was a fucking rapper in the 18th century you'd just be listening to wu-tang plan <laughs> you'd be listening to capadona and ghostface on repeat for the next <laughs> literally oh man i mean there's just so much to um, unlock with the Wu-Tang Clan. That's what I liked about their rap is that it's very cryptic. You know, Maybe for the people that grew up at that time and understand that slang and understand that culture, maybe it's not that cryptic, but I'm not one of those people. So for me, it was like solving a puzzle, you know, deciphering these lyrics, understanding what the fuck, what does this slang mean or what does that mean? You know, it was for such sure. a, a, um, an adventure, you know, as a kid. Hey, you there? Yo, give me give me one second. Sorry. All right. I just have to cut this part. So I would say like, let's leave a. Right. Sorry, people. Fucking, it's uh, Diego's birthday. Well, it's not his birthday, but we're celebrating his birthday. So. Nice. Um, uh, what are your plans tonight? Walk us through uh, tonight in Mexico. Mexico. Well, we for for Diego's birthday, we set up this like scavenger hunt, sort of like riddle mystery bar hop thing. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we're like we set up a list of like six bars that he's gonna have to visit throughout the night, and then like at each bar, he's gonna have to find some kind of like clue and like solve a riddle, and then that's gonna lead him to like the next place, and then that leads to the next place, so on and so forth until the last place is going to be my house where we'll just have some other people here and just have like a small i mean maybe like around 20 people i guess i don't know how many people are going to show up but yeah like there's a nice little get together for him and yeah that's that's what we're doing and so we were planning on like heading out in the next 30 minutes or so that's nice that's nice man um that's a cool way to celebrate a birthday i never thought of doing that for someone yeah who who came up with the idea um well diego kind of like pressed it he was kind of i want to do some kind of like scavenger hunt thing uh i don't really know how what how it would be or what it would look like or 
you know, the logistics of anything. But he was just like, he wanted something with riddles. And we were like, all right, well, we have a couple of weeks to plan everything out. So, you know, his girlfriend pretty much took the, uh, uh, took the, the helm and got all the riddles organized and together and whatnot. And we just came up with a list of some bars that he frequents. So it wouldn't be too hard for him to figure out, like, where to go. Um, and, yeah, you know, he just wanted something that was pretty different. For my birthday, it's it's funny too because it's like with all my group of friends, pretty much all of them, not not everybody, but like the most of them, they're all uh, Aries, and you know they're all born in April and pretty much in the same week as my birthday. So it's like mine's on the tenth, Diego's is the thirteenth, our other friend Angel, his is on the fifteenth. We have another friend who's on like uh, the the twelfth or fourteenth or some shit like that. And so, yeah, this week is like we're all celebrating each other's birthdays at like different days and stuff so yeah so cool. for my shit i just want to go paintballing i haven't done yeah. that in a long fucking time and so i found this uh pretty cool like indoor airsoft slash paintball arena hell yeah yeah and they have like a lot of really cool game types like juggernaut zombie or infection i think it's called or whatever uh and for the for the juggernaut mode they actually give you like a this you know like the juggernaut armor from call of duty from like modern warfare uh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, they basically give you that shit and he has to go around and keep like killing all the other members until there's no one left standing <laughs> like <laughs> the juggernaut is really invincible and That's uh funny. yeah infection is kind of the same thing it's basically like zombie mode it's it's the opposite basically yeah. like some some one person starts out as infected and you basically just keep going until there's no one left standing or everybody becomes yeah. a zombie um but yeah this place is pretty cool so, here's, what, here's what you should do, Devin. Get two twin uh, automatic Beretta cutlasses yeah. and uh, get a uh, one of those Santa Muerte masks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and just light everybody up. If they're on your team, if they're two not twins. on your team, two just, twins. Light, <laughs> just start throwing grenades and lighting people up and just don't yeah. even look where you're shooting, you know? Banana nut clips, just like fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just literally. Uh, but yeah, man, I think this was a good episode. Do you want to wrap it up here? Uh, we can keep going for like another 10 minutes or so. I don't mind. Okay. Uh, trying to think of like what else we could get into. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm definitely down to keep talking. I was uh, I had a part of this podcast. I think I'm going to just go ahead and attach what I was recording earlier to this episode and just give it a little two part flavor. Okay. Uh, but uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to release what I recorded earlier. We'll see, audience. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think um, I was talking about how um, I've started to like really, you know, really take walks and take it like seriously. You mm-hmm. know, like I was comparing myself to, you know, how like Indian people just take long ass walks. Like you mm-hmm. noticed that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, like that's actually a great thing to do, like to like give yourself sort of a meditative, like a contemplative state when you just walk with like no stimulus, no music in your ear, you're just walking, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've started doing that. And I was like, I've been going down the same kinds of roads, like, you know, when I walk, just like see these like houses and go down this little path. But today I decided I didn't want to do that. I was like, no, I want to like find like this one path that I saw and I want to actually go down it and like explore it. And uh, I just went, you know, instead of going down the same routes over and over again every day, I just went down this new path and I found like this cool little, it wasn't that long of a path, but it was like a cool little like cut into the woods. 
like I might use it to like smoke later this summer and just like be in nature or something. But um, it was that. Uh, huh? Take your socks off and, uh, you know, walk the earth. Yeah. The only thing is it's like super muddy. It may not be like that in the summertime. It's still, mm. you know, winters into spring and it might get green. But no, nah, if it is green, of course. The thing is, man, I don't know. I got to find more wooded areas of Michigan because I'm in such a developed suburb that it's mm. hard to find. It's not like Maryland where there's just like huge forests, you know. Like they, everywhere. Yeah. It's more like hills. Not even hills. It's more just like flatlands and like dense, huh? So I was gonna say, speaking of which, uh, my girl was asking me the other day because she's a she's a huge um uh, a fan of like horror movies and stuff. And we came across the Blair Witch Project, and I was like, oh yeah, like you know, this movie was shot like uh, pretty relatively close to where uh, one place at least in the states where I spent a lot of time growing up called the the Black Forest. And uh, I don't remember how far that is like from Columbia, but I know like it's. And the 30, 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's pretty, it's relatively close by. Mm. She was asking me, was like, so is it like based on a true story? I was like, I mean, no, it's not really based on a true story, but I think there is some kind of like mythos behind like witchcraft practice uh, and the Black Forest, like way back in the day. I mean, but I don't know. I was gonna ask you, like, if you if you thought of any, um, I don't know, like urban legends, or I mean, is it even an urban legend? It's like. Blair Witch. So I'm not familiar with how real the Blair Witch actually, like the me- the myth of it actually mm-hmm. is prior to the movie. But, um, you know, all of these uh, like sort of mid-Atlantic uh, early settlement sort of areas in America always have this. That's kind of what the witch was about. If you remember that movie, like yeah. they, there was a lot of religious fervor in the early colonies there was a lot of accusing of people being fucking witches and practicing witchcraft and all that shit. So, you know, so there were people that were driven out of their settlements into the woods, into exile, because they were going to get fucking burned at the stake or hanged or whatever. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows what happens to those people. They didn't, they never created towns. They never, you know, went back to those communities. They just kind of got swallowed up by the, the forest. So that's what creates those myths. You know, there has to have been something that's collecting these people. You know, there has to have been a force that's in this woods that just sort of sweeps people into it. You know, like Mm. I think that's sort of the underlying fear that a lot of these stories kind of are provoking uh, because I think it's really embedded in the people who live there's DNA, you know, like mm. surrounded by these like tall trees that have been that are ancient and have been there and we really we think we understand america before we settled it but we don't really understand america before we settled it like we yeah. don't really. not at all so i think with that understanding like my one of my favorite stories is a story that miss burkhalter in fifth grade told us uh about uh, the Roanoke. Well, I was, that's why I was like, oh man, I was thinking about the same fucking story, bro. That shit, it, w- it wasn't even Halloween. She just dropped us, like, she just dropped us into a scary ass story. I remember how fucking inappropriate that was. <laughs> but, uh, shout out no, to Miss She was, Miss Burkhalter was lit. F- f- fuck what y'all heard. She was lit. Yeah. But, yo, that story for the l- listeners, I think it's been debunked just who cares this is this is scary i I hope it wasn't debunked and if it is and if you find it out you're a fucking nerd but anyways 
the Roanoke story is like there was that first early, early settlement in Virginia, like the first people, basically the first boats that landed that came to settle Virgin the Virginia colonies. They went there. Uh, there were people that like actually, you know, started to settle it. They built up a town and then all the people just like disappeared or something. And yeah, then the, second, the second boats that came in to like, you know, continue the settlement had to investigate what happened because there was supposed to be a whole town of people there and there wasn't. And the only thing they found was that word Roanoke written into a tree. Mm-hmm. No one knows what it means. And no one understands what happened. Just these people just disappeared. Yeah. No trace of them whatsoever, apart from like the buildings that were still left there. Exactly. Yeah, man. Crazy fucking story. I think there was a uh, American Horror Story episode or like season kind of based off the Roanoke um, myth. Really? I mean, they had to. One of the later seasons, but yeah, I never watched it. I mean, you can't do American Horror Story and not do like I. I can't believe they didn't do a whole season on that. You know, like, I think they did, but uh, I don't remember which one because I never really got into American Horror Story. It was just like somebody had told me about it way back when, uh, and I was like, "Oh man, if there's a Roanoke season, I would definitely watch that because that's one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in American history." Yeah, I mean, I I just love the the uh, imagery of the witch in the opening, like. 15 minutes not even 15 like 10 under 10 Mm. when you see the trial them moving out of the town them like settling the land them blessing the land and then you just see the trees dog (laughs) when you see them tall ass trees you're like boy they're about to get worked (laughs) <laughs> like you just know they're about to get fucking clapped. Um, it's a really off one by one, bro. I, I'm telling you, I, I've probably never seen a movie that has given me more uh, imagine imaginative horror, like shit that that we didn't see, but just because of the imagery of the film itself, it mm-hmm. made it even scarier. You know? Yeah. Which is is so good at that. I don't know if Roger Eggers' new film is good. I know it's coming out. I gotta I gotta check. I gotta see what movie that is. Hold on, let me see. Uh, which uh, oh, yeah. that movie definitely blew me away. Like you God. said, the masterpiece of horror. Uh, we gotta we gotta find a new horror movie though, man. There hasn't been a good one in a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Robert Eggers. I always call him Roger Eggers. Robert Eggers. And what's his new movie? So he did The Lighthouse, which was actually good. But his new movie, The Northman, I don't know if that is good. When did it come out? It came out in 2021. It's a a revenge thriller. It's about a Viking. It's like another one of those like Viking movies. And I think it may have just gotten – Bjork is in it. But I think it may have just gotten like swallowed up with all of the other fucking. Oh no, it's getting released April uh, 2022, so it hasn't been released yet. Oh, uh, don't. April twenty April twenty second, twenty twenty two. Um, so that might be. I'll, I'll go see that just to support uh, Robert Eggers because those he makes good movies. But uh, yeah, the Lighthouse I saw in theaters. I saw it in an empty movie theater in San Diego at nine a.m. 
<laughs> at an arc light in uh, San Diego by myself. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. No, it was a 10.03 showing. Sorry, it wasn't at 9. It was a 10.03 showing. I'll never forget that. I just went in there and I was just was terrible. Like, because at arc lights, they have a guy who pre- who is like a presenter of the movies. Like, hey, uh, you know, this movie was directed by this guy. It stars these people. And then they give you a brief synopsis about it. And then they just start the movie. And it was mm-hmm. just me. So he just was talking. It was just like a regular uh, kid. And I was just talking to him. I was like, so this is cool. This is cool. He was like, <laughs> yeah. Private viewing. Private viewing, bro. But uh yeah, man. Um I think uh I think I gotta find some new shit. I, I just really haven't run into a movie in a while that's impressed me. And honestly, nothing impresses me better than a horror movie that's good. A horror movie that's good is the most impressive thing to me. I swear. I love the horror genre so fucking much, man. It's crazy. When you run into that one when like one slips past you and somebody comes around and is like, yo, have you seen this movie? And you're like, no, nah, I ain't seen that one. And they put it in the fucking thing. And you're like, oh, wait, we don't have DVDs anymore. It's 2022. <laughs> they, turn, they fucking turn on the whatever, the streaming service. And you're just like, shit, I'm actually watching something that's scaring me right now. You know that horrible feeling when you realize it actually affected you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. Nothing juices me up more than that. Yeah, man. <laughs> But uh, in a contemplative state, like what do we do at this point? (laughs) And it's like you're too late. You're like more than thirty minutes into the movie, and it's just like you're trapped now. You just have to suffer for the next hour. (laughs) Um, There's no, there's nothing worse, bro, than being too high in a horror movie theater, like when it's super fucking loud, and you you actually got like a perfect seat, like you did too much, like you did too well. Like you got like, you know, a good, you had like a good meal. So you have like a lot of, you know, you have a lot of energy. You didn't eat too much. You know, you mm-hmm. smoked a little bit or maybe, you know, you had a beer or something. You're actually like feeling good. Maybe you have your few friends there. You guys get in early so that you can sit in like a nice seat and you're a little too comfortable, you know? And then you see, and then, and then the, that movie, theater just it just gets that darkness and then everybody piles in. You can't leave. You can't be a bitch. You got to watch that movie. And it's just an assault. It's just attack. Like you're like, I've never had like a, I don't know what adrenaline poisoning feels like or getting like an adrenaline dump. Like when that happens, like when you're in war or whatever, but I feel like I've gotten close to it watching horror movies. Like I feel sick. Do you ever feel physically ill? When, uh, when I was younger and I'd go to see horror movies and it was just, yeah, that feeling of like, you literally cannot leave. Like you just have to sit through it and that just does not sit well in your stomach, you know. <laughs> Dude, it is it is the wildest thing because it's all it's all simulated. It's on a two dimensional screen. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, you know, how it can just fuck you up like that. But no amount of just telling yourself that it's just a movie is helps because you're just so immersed in the and what the characters are going through. If the movie's good, then that's what it's supposed to do. But right, right, yeah. it's crazy, man. It's crazy how it happens like that, dude. I swear. Whew. But, but yo, uh, I gotta get off now. So right, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, bro. Thanks for coming on. And I'm gonna just go ahead and le- end it up right here. Cool. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I love you guys. Be safe. Take more walks. Drink more water. <laughs>